Hello everyone and welcome to the new show, radically different show, Banter <laughs> with the Boys. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. Uh, we we were doing ba uh, Bevies of the Boys for a, for a while now. And, well, I say that, we've not done it in a little while, but um, we decided that doing that regularly when we have totally different schedules uh, is not good for A, our ability to work hungover and B, our livers. So this is a little bit more sustainable of a show and it means we can come to you guys regularly. I'm Munch, joined by Dagda, we're the boys, and today for some banter on Medic and Dracos, Legends of Europe. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I heard you both paused your uh, your dwarf mining runs to be here tonight. I, I really appreciate the commitment to the show. You know how it is when you cast and your job is kind of fake. You got to really <laughs> fill up your free time by pretending to do real honest to goodness work like mining and murdering <laughs> bugs. Yeah. I'm playing Bandle City all of tomorrow just so I can pretend that I'm actually a useful member of society. Is Bandle yeah. City out? No, it comes out in 21 hours according to Steam. Bandle tail, sorry, not bandle. Are you going to stream it so you can lie to yourself even more that you're being productive? Or is it yeah, exactly, game? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I do have, I have a dinner tomorrow, which kind of makes me feel like a real human being. So I feel like wow. because people subscribe yeah. to Medic's channel, that like he can write anything off as like real, real life work. I feel like that's the OP yeah. part. I, I mean, I kind of have to be online. Like, I have to be live to do it. I can't write off when I just don't want to stream and just say, oh yeah, I was I thinking like about the, the stream in the background. Philosophical write-off of I'm doing real work, not like oh, the true. literal tax write-off, yeah. but yes. technically. I mean, I will say you're kind of undoing my year and a half of therapy here, Dracos, by <laughs> telling me that the stuff I do when I'm working isn't actually work. <laughs> it, it does feel like Twitch is like the ultimate <laughs> life hack, right? Like just play video games and, and Call it a call it a hard day's work. We mine some ore and we 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 delivered liberty yeah. to the masses. Just taking you know? it like back three years for all of like esports. <laughs> I mean, guys, you don't have a real job. When are you going to become a doctor again? Well, what are you all talking I'll say about? Is the real the real job is not playing the game unless you hate the game you're playing. Which for people who stream like one game, I think probably is yeah. the case. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Good but level. like, it is definitely the interaction part. Because none of us can say, like, we haven't had a, a day where we just play 10 hours of games. And we're like, yeah. all right, yeah, like, yeah. that's manageable. You know, maybe harder as you get older, but, like, yeah, very but easy. I had to test Smolder, so I had to go play <laughs> League for 10 hours. You know, that's how it goes. It's like, oh, well. That's, <laughs> my, I, that's my favorite part about every preseason is you can unironically just look at someone and be like, I actually just need to play the game for 15 hours oh. a day. This is actually yeah. unironically the best way for me to prepare to do my job. I still feel like, honestly, right now, that's still kind of true. I still feel like League is changing pretty rapidly, especially the fact that the patch is quite different to live currently. I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things, isn't it, where I feel like sometimes it's dangerous to play too much League while casting because you get used to a patch that you're not even, that you're not commentating on and all of the power levels shift and, like, feeling is so much of, of League, of commentating League, yeah. like, knowing how much damage stuff yeah. does and, and getting the vibes. I, I feel like it gets... It gets a little bit weird when the patches are, are skewed and like 14.12 is... Wait, 14.12? 14.2 is different to 14.3. Yeah. I think there was a pro who said it as well is that like he kept playing a bunch of ARAMs and it completely screwed him up then when he went to go and play live because yeah. it's like all the different numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can definitely see it, but uh, yeah, I think it de it still helps with understanding how like certain matchups can go um, and how certain things interact. Because I feel like every every couple of weeks I find a new interaction that they didn't know that that was how it worked. Like we were talking the other like day. Like Blasco's like respawning. Well, yeah, I found I mean, out the other day that because um, I said it to BB. No, who was I talking to? Anyway, basically Yasuo. If you 
ult on Yasuo, if you Q right before you ult off of just an ally's knockup, not your knockup, just an ally's knockup, that Q will still go through. So if you um, Q, like say you're like trying to ult onto someone who's on the right-hand side, if you Q Mm -hmm. left, that Q will still connect in your ult animation and deal more damage. Or if you have a third stack of your Q, you can actually send out your tornado from your ult position and kill someone who's like further past your target and stuff like this. I'm like, why are there so many weird interactions like this? That I feel like I have to deep dive every They're champion to find the broke. very, very small thing. Yeah. To be fair, I like dread every time Yasuo is locked in a pro play because there are so many niche interactions. And I think it's less true these days than it was like three Which is years terrible, ago. Because you play him. Yeah. No, I play a lot. Yeah, and I used Yasuo, to know, Nilo, I, like, like, no, 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 no. I used to know like Windblade. I know Keyblade. I know a bunch of the tech. That one I hadn't heard of, but I'm like. Because if the thing is, if the Yasuo mains, if you see something happen and you don't talk about it on a cast, they're in your DMs. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> like they're never gonna win a Yasuo game, but they watched that com- one combo video. And that's how can you not know it? How can you now? not understand like, this? Are you, are you kidding me, man? And it's like every they single Yasuo tech is a fucking well. Kingdom Hearts reference. <laughs> so you're like, I can't. I this whoever this person is, like, it's gonna be a difficult battle. I'm gonna have to fight through their entire mental health history to like. <laughs> Try to get a point in edgewise. Yeah. Was, when you call something a keyblade unironically, <laughs> we all know. Like we've all played Kingdom Hearts. Like you are not coming from a good place. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's really weird as well with league interactions as well because like it's never intuitive. It is never ever intuitive. Like half of the things work the way that you expect, and half of them absolutely don't. And it's like uh, in the in fourteen two, they changed it so. Eclipse doesn't proc off of um, Malignance, right? Yeah. So Corky yeah. loses that interaction. Uh, 14, 14, 3, right? I think 14-3, yeah. I think it's still, yeah, 14, two, oh, it's still, still on 14 And also, it was four, and also there was a micro patch in 14-2. Mm. No, because we it's saw um, in the Fnatic MDK or the other series. Yeah. The, yeah, it was Nuke who built it, so it was BDS yeah, it's MDK. Still 14, they still 3, I think it was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, either way, the, the interaction was changed. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I personally... You know, I don't want that to be an interaction. I don't like Corky in the meta. I don't like how strong that is, et cetera, et cetera. However, from the perspective of players reading tooltips and being able to theorycraft, it makes sense that that works. Like, the fact that it now doesn't work is kind of like backwards logic in my mind of like player intuition, being able to build how you want to build. It feels like it should work and now it doesn't. And I almost like, I almost philosophically disagree with the change, even though I really love the change as a player and a viewer, like philosophically, I feel like it's weird. Can I tell you about, this has been, I actually haven't spoken about this. This has been a major gripe of mine that pissed me off. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. Hit us. Hit us. <laughs> so, you know, the way they changed it, the knockups couldn't be QSS. They're cleansed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally fine with that. The problem that I have is they did it on the very last patch of the fucking year and then did it not in anywhere those up the top. It was like in quality of life or additional bug fixes or something. So you had to like dig down into it. I was like, lads, I have just spent the last 11 months of the fucking year deep diving League of Legends. I want to take 
just a small break where I don't have to pay attention to this fucking game. And then you like sneak this, which is actually a pretty big fucking change into the back hours fine print of nowhere on this patch. And then I come back in January and I said like, oh yeah, like, I don't know why you didn't just QSS that. And I had about five people in my DMs going, what, do you not do your fucking job by reading the patch notes? It's like, lads, it was fucking Christmas. I went home. (laughs) I was like, what do you want from me? Fuck off. Yeah. I hate when they do it when it's like they just sneak in major, major changes because I'm I'm focused on preseason. If you put in something like right before preseason, that is going to be the thing that gets missed because I've got like 15 pages of patch notes freaking <laughs> other than that. So yeah, I hate I hate offseason for that reason because there's nothing worse than multiple patches because there's no easy way to like correlate five yeah. patches worth of patch notes unless yeah. you have in, insane patience or are going to code something that I don't have the skills to code. So it's like you're like looking at every patch. Okay, that got buffed. And then by like the time you're on your fifth patch of reading tiny Ophelios changes, you're like, yeah. wait, what the what is the actual sum oh. of these fucking yep. changes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what what does this actually mean? And that takes like oh, and that that's one champion, you yep. know. Yeah. And then but it if... turns out you missed the hot fix anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And then it brings you back around to the original point, right, of like at the end of preseason, the only solution really is actually playing the game and trying the champion and yeah. like physically yeah. seeing but even then it's on. doing that and reading the tooltips like it, it took me like yeah. three years to find out that olaf stopped losing his armor and magic resist when he altered because i was just like that's just an essential part of the kit right obviously he does but it was like two years later i said it in the middle of a cast it was like oh he's older but he's gonna be squishier now and i got Wait, five messages is it, is it, being is like it now that he gets bonus and then they take the bonus away no he just doesn't get any it, it doesn't no, change no, it's no, just now he gets, he oh, gets bonus oh, fuck armor off. and MR. Yeah. Oh God! So you were you were technically wait. He gets yeah. bonus from his ult, or when his ult is off cooldown. No, passively, he just gets bonus from his ult, and then it doesn't. He doesn't he lose, it when, lose he it when he ults. Okay, that's the important thing. I don't care that passively he gets bonus from his ult. That doesn't. I, who gives a shit? Let's be honest. Like no one's gonna say, "Oh, level six. Oh, he's leveled his ultimate now, so he it's gets awesome. a passive like fifteen MR armor and armor." It's like, guys, like, what are you? It's still fucking Olaf. You know, yeah, but I mean, like, the problem is you still... say it and it's the fucking Keyblade guys. It's the people who are so <laughs> obsessed with their champion. Look, they're as... like, I can't believe a, car- a professional caster said this, right? It's like blame people who blame the referee in football. It's like you're paid yeah. to blow your whistle yeah, correctly and you blow it incorrectly. My... Uh, the referee is always wrong. Yes, 100%. But still, it's the same idea, you know? My toxic trait is I'm still absolutely one of those people sometimes. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> if someone says a calm thing wrong, I am on their, t- you're like... their face. You can swear, bro. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's not the I right gun the, rotation the, on Ophelios, The fix bro. was it's any a... better, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like it's like hard to call a lot of issues for, I think, the average player in League. Like, I, I like to call things reading comprehension issues because I think it's funny because I think there's a lot of shit in kits that if you read the kit. But then I realize where I read the kit is a third-party website. Yeah, it's yeah, literally yeah. Law Wiki where I, like, read all the kits. It, mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, I don't mind the interactions that you were talking about earlier with Eclipse and, and Malignance because I think the wording on Eclipse, like, makes sense because it doesn't mention mm-hmm. items, right? It's just ability attacks or abilities, right? And it's just like... But when that shit comes up and there's not a consistent philosophy on it, that drives me nuts. And the other thing that drives me nuts are animation cancels because there's no consistent philosophy oh, yeah. on it. Yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. like with champions oh. like Riven, and I'm not a member of the balance team. Happened? 
Yeah. Oh, we're back. We're fine. Yeah, we just lost all the cameras for a second. So, like, obviously, I work for Riot. I'm not a member of the balance team at all, right? But, like, my understanding is is basically like all of the Riven players who've been playing Riven for a fucking million years have learned this mechanic and now they, like, can't change it, right? Because you're just going to piss off all the people who play this champion. But I'm just like, I wish it was consistent. I wish there was some consistent logic in, like, which abilities were clean to animation cancel, which weren't. Like, there's this entire class of top lane champion now that Tiamat works again, where you're like, all right, who can Tiamat? cancel what and it's just yeah. like isn't there shouldn't there just be some consistency in labeling or like i some idea of what kind of abilities can be canceled flashes to extend the range of abilities body slam flash shen flash taunt like why does that work on some shit and not another why can i flash e flash on ari and not like r flash on half of the other abilities in yeah. The game? yeah you know what i mean yeah. and it's it's like uh like if you max range all on annie right like there was a whole they changed how that worked right a couple of years ago and there was a whole thing about like whether or not it should walk you to where you're in range oh and they've, passed a, it where they've added a setting for that or now. whether it was so, yeah they, they yeah. changed it now but like you know back yeah. in the day that was one of the Cinder ones where... was a big one with that as well because like pros would try and queue at the like queue where someone yeah, was yeah. and it would just queue at the edge of their range and they'd be like what the what the fuck is this yeah. why are you doing it yeah um but yeah it's i mean it's just coding Right, everything's been coded by different people, and it's all probably a spaghetti behind the scenes. Where <laughs> yeah. if we stop at Riven being able to animation cancel, then it breaks Teemo or something. I wonder you know? what the oldest <laughs> line I... of code is in the game. <laughs> like the most no Hello world. <laughs> yeah. well, it's also yeah. just like some shit is probably a bug. I would guess. Like I yeah. would guess that the Riven animation cancel thing is not intentional. But sometimes if it's fun, you keep it in, right? And yeah. I think that like probably for Riven players, it is fun. It's sad for the plebs like me, because when you pick up Riven, you're like, this champion is effectively nerfed for me because I cannot do that thing. And she has to be balanced around yeah. the people who yeah. can do that yeah. thing. The one thing I'll but... say in the in the context of Riven specifically, the whole like MO when Riven came out, the big like thing that they sold the champion with was this is like a fighting game champion, yeah. but in League of Legends. So the well, fact the that you could like I mean, animation that, cancel and do that shit, it. like yeah. it's fucking, it, it does make it cool. But, yeah. but in like a Smash, and like, okay, not to, I'm not, just because it's not a dig, it's Super Smash with Melee. I'm just saying in a Smash Bros. Melee way where it's like you have to do so many seemingly unnecessary inputs to get your character to move correctly on the screen. Because if you never played Melee and you go again to play Melee against someone who can wave dash, you're like, what? Why? Hello? How does yeah. that work? I feel like it's the same shit with with Riven. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of animation cancels, does Orn have any? Because I found out you can build double cleaver items on Orn now with Stride Breaker plus like Rav Hydra, and you can get oh, both of them as separate. It? Yeah, you upgrade it. It doesn't count as a cleaver anymore. Uh, so then you can have a secondary cleaver, and you can use both actives independently and get double cleave damage. So if Orn has any animation <laughs> cancels, maybe he's the next hotness in top. You know, Titanic Stride Breaker. Yeah, really, really, that yeah. animation cancel you unlock after level thirteen and spending six thousand gold is going to revolutionize the the Orn one v one He's suddenly broken. It's the fact that Orn could <laughs> I, I could see it. Anyway. I could see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be uh, to be fair, I mean, like, Malignant's quirky, right? That's a third item purchase. Item mm -hmm. interactions are strong. Good yeah. work. You sound like a hater, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am kind of a hater, to be honest. That's true. Mm -hmm. I really hope this doesn't take off because fuck having another Cassante in the game. Oh, Just as far as like and then boom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's no way Orn any a combination of items on Orn will ever be as obnoxious as Cassante. I feel like because even when Orn was stupid, right? Like at least he, he was still, still kind tank, of this. He built tank. 
Well, that was also dumb because he built tank and one shot people. But for me, it was like Orn was so heavily telegraphed. You never felt yeah. like Orn was outplaying you. You just knew that he was broken and you were powerless. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels with Cassante. But you have to watch him dance around you like he has hands. That's, he's a fucking show off. That's the problem with Cassante. Yeah, it's like Yasuo. Right? Again, yeah. it's the same thing. It's like you're a 6 0 Yasuo and you're dashing through 30 creeps. It's like, bro, you can just fucking RuneScape duel me. You can just walk up and auto queue auto me three times and yep. I'll die. Like, why are you dashing 30 times? You're trying to get, like, the S rank on solo killing me. I don't understand why. <laughs> just walk up and take the kill, bro. It's yours. He's like the opposite of Yone, who just walks up with a lethal, lethal tempo at level 1 and literally just right-clicks you and just yep. watches mm. your health yeah. slowly shred away. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move the conversation on slightly. I want to talk about something that's been discussed on Twitter a little bit uh, and get oh. your takes here. It's not, that, it's not controversial, don't worry. Um, I'm not trying to trap you guys. Uh, <laughs> this conversation's kicked off today. Uh, I think Molecule started it, but there's quite a few people have chimed in on regional strength. And oh, the God. general consensus is that LCK good, <laughs> everyone else fucking sucks. I wanted to get your, your guys' takes on it because honestly, I do feel like that it's, it's not super wrong. Like, even as an LPL guy, BLG just got absolutely pounded today by IG. Like, even our very best team. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a rough showing, you know. Oh man, I feel like I feel like really there's this is a two horse race to be clear. This is not a bold statement. The statement says one thing, and it's that the, <laughs> the LCK is better than the LPL by a wide margin. Like that's the statement. Every other part of that statement, no one cares. No one thinks that EU or NA are like up there in that discussion. So it's really a statement about two regions. <laughs> and like I, I don't have strong enough opinions on LPO. I will say that like. LCK in general always, to me, feels a little bit like the North Star, just because I think the way that they play the game, it's always easier for the average viewer to be like, damn, that was a good, clean-ass game of League of Legends. And the yeah. LPL is perpetually kind of a shit show in regular season. That doesn't stop them from showing up when it counts. But it's like, don't we do, like, haven't we been here before? Don't we do this <laughs> literally every year? Isn't this just yeah, the this story is the of LPL and LCK? Is yeah. it's like, guys... <laughs> This time I'm telling you, the LCK is really great and the LPL is actually shit again. Like, you have to believe me, I swear this time. And then by <laughs> Worlds, somebody, probably Dagda, will be like, don't worry, this time LGD is good. I swear I never it's not that. going to But you know what I mean? Like, so, I, yeah, I think the LCK is great, but it's like, again, to me, it's not like EU or NA are competing right now. So to me, it's like that statement isn't as bold as it might have been in like a 2020. Yeah. End of 2019. These days, I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's also we just like, I don't know. T1 probably looks good because, well, they just kept the same roster, right? Which I think helps. It's like, hey, look, we're coming into a new patch. You have to go and learn everything. And I mean, if you've got guys that are willing to experiment and like you're already have the systems in place to go like, hey, this is how we look and evaluate how we're doing on the game. I think it does just become a lot easier. Um, but it's also, I think this is the first time we've kind of seen like major changes to how the game is played in the last, like, I don't know, say two years. So I think it just takes a bit of time to get used to. You're like, how much do we value Void Grubs? Um, is the best way of the game to, you know, do what T1 are doing? Hard pushers on bot lane to invade and play off your jungle and make sure that your bot, the other enemy bot lane's having a miserable time? Or it's like what we kind of see a little bit in LEC, which is, 
oh, fucking Vading off the pressure. We're just going to dive you over and over again with the pressure. So I think there's a lot of different things that people are trying to still figure out. And there's no like correct way to play just yet. So I think that's why people are just struggling is like, but what the hell are we actually supposed to do? And like trying to, you'll end up overshooting the mark a lot of times when you're trying to experiment like that because you're like, well, we're going to look like asses because we fuck up a terror dive every so often as we're trying to figure out if this is actually possible or the best way to do it. Or you end up doing nothing, which is the opposite side, because you're like, oh, wait, no, this is the time where we're weak, but actually we're really strong. You just didn't cop it. So I think there's a lot of stuff to try and work through um, on the new patch. And then it's kind of the teams that have stuck together that I think will come out looking better because they just already have the systems in place to, to play around with that. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think LCK has always been a fundamentally very good region. Like they do the basics very well. And when you apply, you can still apply those to the modern, like the season 14 uh, yeah. map state, right? So they're, they're going to look better because they do the basics really well, even if they're not inventing as much as other regions. And I haven't watched enough LCK to say that they're not being inventive. But I think if from a purely like looking at the the strengths of the regions generally i think lck has always been really good at that i also think the lec's season structure doesn't push us towards teams uh developing safely i, I it's a little bit of a weird wording i guess um our, because split, man, our is, format makes it really fucking hard yeah, to develop you, you have you have nine games Right, and if you lose uh, three, uh, if you lose six of those games, you're likely out of the tournament. Right, so there's no time to be like, okay, well, we have three best of threes this week, and we can practice this thing in game one of this one, and this thing in game one of this one, and then if we want to win the series, or well, obviously we want to win, but if we really need to win the series, we'll try our like our tried and true. Whereas with EU, it's like unless you're G two or like BDS for a relatively good regular season, or you know even like a fanatic, you can't really try stuff. You have to play what you think is the best and mm -hmm. if it's not working then there's a lot of pressure on you i do think lcs has looked pretty good i i think yeah. if i were to i mean before mdk looked really good uh over this last weekend i would have said top four lcs is probably as a totality as a sum better than top four lec uh, i thought it felt like g2 and then a big gap and then you know fanatic mdk bds um i think mdk definitely stepped up this weekend uh so i'd put them more at an equivalency i still think g2 is the best team in, in the west and i think mdk is probably challenging for second best but lcs has looked better than i expected them to coming into this year i just think that like the biggest thing for the the patch right now in the meta for me right now is that while like the map changes and the objective changes are definitely complicated and throw a spanner in the works like the meta is also pretty volatile like bot lane for us for LEC specifically over the playoffs was a bit stagnant. Um, yeah, there was some set and some Ezreal, but like generally bot lane was still just picked really early and wasn't a priority. And you can see like no one in our region was carrying it up. There weren't any really like crazy R5 flex picks to win bot lane, but like mm. top lane is a fucking fiesta in terms of what is getting played. And I think like anytime you add more variability in terms of what is getting picked, like the, le the more variables there are, the harder it is to focus on like the base fundamentals of the game. And so I think that if you're a newer team without like a really clear way that you want to play you're just going to look super exposed regardless of your na or eu for like a yeah. lot of the early season because the sheer quantity of, of champions that are getting played means that like it's not fucking season eight season seven whatever the stupid team fight season was where it's just like tank top hyper carry yeah, bot lane control mage mid right, yeah. you know what i mean it's like and if, if that's all draft is and all your counter picks look like are trying to get a small laning edge I feel like the game is so much simpler to learn and to play because you're doing the same thing so consistently. But like, 
when you have all of these psychopath top laners, shout out to Mirwin, <laughs> shout out to BB, you know, um, at like Adam as well, right? Who who are going to play wacky shit. It's like, how are you really going to get your legs underneath you um, to actually figure out, like, yeah. to, to just play one style when like fun, you can, your entire composition could be fundamentally undone in like picks and bands before you even get your, yeah. your feet underneath you. I mean, that, that's the nature of niche counterpicks, right? When, every, when the meta is niche counterpicks, you can't just have like a stable lane that arms up because they're going to play like Vayne into your Yasuo or whatever the fuck the top lane counter is today. Uh, it's kind of funny that, you know, EU, like it's all top lane counters and like crazy stuff in the top side. There's none of that in the LPL. Like, I mean, there's always like a, a sprinkling of it, but like on average, we've got a super stagnant meta in the top lane. Loads of Cassante, loads of Rumble, loads of Udyr, like relatively i mean we got a camille today that was nice but generally speaking it's pretty much tanks in the top lane with a little bit of rumble and our bot lane is going crazy we have all sorts of stuff being locked here like senna's the big pick it's funny that you kind of mentioned set it offhand for, for eu whereas senna's like pretty much must pick must ban in, in lpl right now loads of teams going for like zaya sometimes like we've had a bit of ezreal ash today like we've had all sorts down in the bottom lane it's it's kind of funny to see on the same patch regions having such polar differences and i think that's because of the preseason because usually i feel like the last couple of years we haven't had this drastic differences in the way to play the game across regions i think i think part of that is because it's like one you're only able to get a certain amount of games in before you're like in lec specifically because it's like so i was just looking at the numbers there so g2 they played nine games in playoffs they then played boss they played they went 3 0. They played 9 3 1. Yeah, yeah. No, they played so 10. It's a, they, eight, they? they went 2 1, 3 0. Oh, oh, 2 1, 3 0, 3 1. 3 -one. Sorry, three -one. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So, went nine, so 19 games in the grand, in the, over the total of their entire winter split. Mm -hmm. And if you come in off of your nine games and you've gone, okay, we haven't really played this or practiced Senna, or the big one for me was Karma. The team has not been able to pick up Karma. It's like, you can kind of understand that it's like, you come into playoffs, you lose two series and you're out. Why the fuck are we trying karma if we're like, are even putting time into karma for this three week period? If we can just like focus on a different part of our game, fix that and then come in and like get it ready for spring if it's still a big pick, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's just very hard. And myself and Drake, because we're kind of talking about this, is that like, it feels like teams are still trying to experiment a little bit with um, finding the identity of their team. Like we see teams playing um, poke comps. We've seen them trying to go for like these heavy dive on backline comps and stuff like that and i think you're kind of seeing the holes in their game plan when they're going for that because they just don't have the time to practice it as well like a lot of new teams come in and you'll see like fanatic try and play a poke comp and you're like well these guys don't really understand how they're supposed to like ward their flanks correctly at like these niche times and then for Skelly on his gragas gets three massive plays off that like win the game for mdk but realistically fanatic should have had that warded right it's like that's why they look bad is because they just haven't had time to practice a lot of these comps with the team they have and the the established roles of hey you are the guy that wards left hand side you are the guy that wards right hand side you're the one that's going to face check like having all these roles and procedures mm. haven't been established in the teams that haven't had a chance mm -hmm. to, uh, to try them out so i definitely think it'll get better with time but it's like a lot of these play teams and players haven't had a lot of time. Like Carmine Corp, I think at a month before LEC started to actually start screaming. And then you're like, okay, cool. Now you've nine games. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. I think I as think... well. Sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I was just going to say to the like AD carry center, uh, center points, um, we did see a lot of center, but it kept losing. And I think part of the discussion on like what is interesting flex wise is 
our AD carries are very good at a couple of champions. I think Super's the only guy that's impressed me on center so far in LEC, but the rest of them tend to be these are the champs I can play, and that, like I'm not really going to play anything out of that. And because we high prior it, they don't have to try anything else. So we see much more flexibility out of the top laners who have that wider champion pool. Anyway, mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, yeah, and I, I just also just reminder that this is like hands down the worst start of season for a pro team we will ever probably ever have because the patch came out late they were scrimming just each other and a lot of times like what is considered good for 90 percent of the teams in the world it comes from looking at the leagues that are better than you and the like monkey on a typewriter process of like good shit filtering up through just the sheer quantity of players that play solo queue so it's like realistically it, it was just highly improbable for any team um, that hadn't worked together a lot already, like any yeah. new team, to like have a good start, right? And I think that like obviously credit to Mad Lions Koi who integrated El Yoya and Mirwin super quickly. Like I think that is a testament to their their coaching staff and their environment and G two who obviously kept everyone, right? But for like every single other team, Fnatic probably should be in there as well. But obviously they like they still did all right in the in the context of things. BDS too, right? All right in the context of things. It's like for every other team, it's like you're just fucked. Like, how are you going to get good practice, realistically? How are you really going to have confidence in your picks or confidence in the meta enough to say, even what we are talking about earlier, which is like, would you take risks in our format? No, probably never. But you don't have enough information to even know if what you're doing is taking a risk or not. Yeah. Right? And like, by the time LCK is playing Udyr, you saw us like desperately pick up yeah. Udyr and clearly not have a fucking clue what we were doing because Udyr looked like trash in our region, right? And now we're just behind the curve, like, fucking let me restart, please. Give me, like, give me two weeks I of LCK and a month of solo queue, please. G2's a great example of that as well. The hotfix came out, we found out we were, so it's the week one, hotfix comes out, like, the day before. Yeah, we find out I we're not playing this. on the hotfix, and then G2 slam a Felios in basically every game they have that weekend. And it's just like, have you actually practiced this at all? Because it didn't look good. I th I'm so sure they were just like, Riot told us this was really strong, so oh, now man. we're just going to play it. The fucking of... collector build. That triggered the shit out of me. Super, that was like the day where I was like, all right, I like the super guy. I don't know. I don't know shit about him yet, really, but I like this guy. He's the only person who built collector first. Everyone else is like Storm Racer. It's like they nerfed, they, they're they nerfing him because of the, the whole idea is your professional players, please. Control E, control E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a weird start to the year, honestly, with the, the patch and the way that teams have and regions have developed I, I do wonder as well like you know we're talking about how dramatic and, and like tough it's been for teams i do i don't know if i'm worried or like excited or i don't know how i feel about lcs the fact that they're playing on live patch because i feel like this is going to be consistently their lives this is just how it is for lcs now that you don't get time well, they, to practice they, and you don't get to figure stuff out unless you i mean they, they lock in for playoffs right yeah, they lock in for playoffs. Like oh, the okay. second they hit best of five, they stop playing on live. They they lock in for uh, one. I mean, that does make sense. So you have so a whole tournament on the same patch. The yeah. same patch across. It's only their regular season where they update so regularly, right? Yeah. And so I think right, that, okay. like, definitely it'll, it it will hurt in some ways. Similar to what I was talking about for EU teams, right? Where it's like, yes, LCS teams can scrim. We'll have almost like PBE access to live patch to scrim on it um and tr access way sooner than they would normally have it right just to make sure that they can get that practice ahead of time if i remember correctly all the, all the information is out there but it's like it's gonna put you at a deficit it does also mean that like creativity is going to be much more abundant i feel like in lcs consistently because yeah. whether people fall flat on their face or not like 
it's much easier to pitch a, a wacky pick, I feel like, if you're a team that's like middle to top of the pack, you're like, you know, close in the playoffs race and your your top laner comes in and says, I've been trying this, this feels really strong. It's like, there's not really any evidence to support or disprove that either way more often than not. So it's just like, fuck it, we ball. I, I feel like at least you're going to see I, some more. I, I do also feel some of the teams succeeding there but the fuck it, we ball teams. Like Sniper top lane for 100 Thieves has looked absolutely incredible. Quid has looked really good because he can focus on his mechanics a little bit more. Uh, FlyQuest are like top of the table and they have Whippo inspired uh, Masu. Like all players that I would think of as... Yeah, you know, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna bring something random out because I played it a few times in solo queue and I can outhands you with it, right? I quite like the idea. I do think, as you say, if it, if it's over a longer period of time, it can be detrimental and you lose some of the more refined decision making. But who mm. gives a shit, man? Like, I I want to see people playing random shit into each other top because it's OP this patch. I have to say, if if this inspires some kind of like counter pick like play what you want meta in na and then they come to internationals and it's all fucking counter picks and like cool shit that they bring to the table and creativity i'm 100 percent all in on this yeah, even if they like, lose it's much more interesting for yeah, the region yeah. right like you're just trying to outhands your opponents as opposed to being yeah. like oh we'll just play your style and see if we can beat you with our intelligent it's macro. also yeah it's also just nice when a meta read that a region has involves champions very clearly because i think that mm -hmm. that's always more visible and more fun for the audience than like oh shit they're not rotating for herald in eight minutes like oh my god they're fucking crazy <laughs> they're focusing on drakes like that's like the analyst nerd shit and i love that right like I, that's obviously a, a big part of the deeper strategy of league of legends like those small decisions around what you prioritize but i think it's always more fun for the audience when it's like someone's Brand gonna play Heimer, like saros is gonna play heimerdinger mid you know what i mean yeah. and it's like if you're going to go with international competition and you're not the heavy favorites, I at least always hope that you're going to play your own game because the worst version of Worlds, and we see this, like, I think every other year at Worlds or at least in some of, like, week one of group stage in the old format is, like, show up and be crazy, but then by week two, you're like, all right, we all play the same shit now. We've agreed there is no variance. Someone will mix it up once we get to best of five, but until then, say, we're all so playing funny. the same ten champs. Yeah, they all kind of handshook. And then the whole reason T1 were, looked so fucking good at Worlds was because like, fuck this. Why the fuck are you trying to play this? Game, Let's just sure. go with Eddie Carry bot lane. Yeah, and then everyone's <laughs> no, like, absolutely. wait a second, was... you're allowed to do that? What the fuck? <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It it does drive me nuts. And like, I agree with Draco's there, where it's like, I, I, I desperately wanted to see Camille support in our playoffs. Because, like, I saw On was spamming it in solo queue with Bloodsong. I yeah. saw, like, a bunch of, like, supports basically globally are all spamming it. I was like, this looks sick as fuck. It's going to be so cool if this comes out. And uh, then we never got to see it. And, like, I know Camille was then played top lane over in LPL today for IG. Yeah. You should know me played it. I'm like, because this champion's just been, like, buffed the last four patches in a row. And I'm just waiting for her to, because I think she's OP as fuck, to, like, it, actually come out. Is it, like, it's a 14.3 pick, or is it 14.2... She got uh, I don't know if she she's I mean, I think the, the thing last, about like, the thing about Camille is she just kills people, and that's great. <laughs> but like, so you can also you lock people like down. That. Yes, yeah. but you don't <laughs> kill people. She's fucking useless. Well, I will say it's it would have like been you're playing solo. Q flip it. Who cares? It was very fitting to our playoffs though, because our playoffs ended up with which team has more AD carry threat. Okay, they win the game. It was which team can get on the enemy's backline better. 
cool they win oh yeah that's that was how I all was of like, our playoffs ended happened? up because right? i watched it was, win, like, but i also you, watched like, the feed super four kills i mean in the yeah first but like seven <laughs> minutes of that last game okay if, if the game got past like 20 minutes then that was how it worked most of the time so yeah it was yeah. very um camille would have worked but. so I, I will say as well yeah, camille is like there's more to it on the camille support apparently from what i've heard like the the tech is camille lucian specifically so it's like off of the back of the lucian first pick you then have Camille alongside it because your stun sets up Lucian's passive and oh, then your true. ult essentially guarantees maximum culling onto the culling. enemy. They can't yeah. escape from you at that point. So that's what I'm like. Like, I don't think we'll see just random Camille support, but Camille Lucian yeah. is like... That's what we need. Giga More snowball. niche, Mega niche specific options English to with set the Lucian up for success. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. More more reasons We're to play saved. Lucian. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> This one, don't worry. This time, guys, just huff, just huffing hey, like, the copy. Like, this Lucian, one will work. Where I come from, Lucian's good. Okay, <laughs> where I come from, it works. Actually, where, no, where I come from, it's it's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are sure. Name yeah. me one English AD carry. <laughs> we can talk. I, I'm what pretty sure Doncaster's part. Uh, isn't that in Suzhou or something? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. If an AD carry isn't paying his own salary with first strike gold, he shouldn't be picking fucking Lucian. That's my opinion. <laughs> like, calm down. I'm so tired of Lucian. I'm trying I to think if there's like a good pun for maximum culling. It's like the English with badges. It's maximum culling or something. The Camille. Camille Lucian lane? No. You know the max thing about turning uh, all of Lucian's abilities into adjectives, right? No. Uh, they were piercingly lit. They were ardently blazed. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's unironically done it in like some of the biggest games of all time in League of Legends. Like, wow. listen back, max casting Lucian is a fucking pleasure because he always manages to sneak <laughs> it. Like, they just get absolutely ardently blazed. And you're like, what? The fuck? It's, it's like me in LA. Four of it's like a do or die best it's, of five. It's like the least impactful ability in his whole kit as well. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah, it's to say ardently blazed because it's technically. <laughs> He's correct. actually they just referring to the Ivern jungle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, oh, I, that would be a good skin. That would sell a lot. Of, a lot, of, a lot of it skins. really would. There's no fucking universe. It happens. New dog Ivern. Yeah. Look right. If you want me to buy a skin ever again, that's the one. That's the yeah, De Depper. You're in chat, right? You can tell yeah, right. Tell on. right. You can have ten dollars from Munch. Yeah. I was just saying, money on the table. <laughs> yeah, I'd go up to fifteen. I'd go all the way up to fifteen. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But what is what's your dark cosmic gin? What's your gamba skin? Like what what skin it comes out and you're willing to just gotcha your way to the skin? It has to be a thrash skin for me. Because I basically have all of them at this stage. <laughs> yeah. I would I really like a Rakan skin with like rainbow feathers where he oh, changes color depending on like I felt really bad for you that day that you bought the Yeah, you Oh, the, the fucking prestige Dragon Master is so <laughs> and he bad, was like, man. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. And then doesn't lock it in. And the next game, I'm like, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. And then he locks it in. And all I hear in this quiet voice is, I think this is maybe one that looks better in the non-prestige skin. It looks so <laughs> bad. Oh, I hate it so much, man. Oh, That's so sad. Yeah, no, a, rain a, a rainbow account that changes color depending on like what you're like. That would be cool. You know, swish, swish your cape. Yeah. I think uh, for me it would be more Omega Squad. I think Omega Squad is the best skin line. It's so fucking only because of the voice like, lines. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. like, imagine Riot Games X, whoever the fuck made Helldivers Omega Squad skins, where they fucking Hell dive into the rift, badass voice your, lines. Like, what is your just 
Like, the know, name like of liberty. Aliens <laughs> going out, like they're fighting Captain for liberty. Timo on like, duty, just killing stuff in the void. Just, just managing democracy, you know. Dark yeah. shit. That's the best part about the team. The cat that skin line is the Omega Squad mm-hmm. Timo, who just says like horrific yeah, war yeah. veteran shit. I don't think like, they do yes, Timo trauma enough like that anymore. Like I was playing Zombie Brand the other day, and it's always like proper zombie voice lines, and I just don't feel like skins have that personality anymore. You yeah. know the like uniqueness of, of them with the actual work. It's a little yeah, universes, etc. I feel like it does. Skins. It does reduce the amount of like high impact single skins because everything feels yeah. like it has to be tied to a universe these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I you think we should do it? No. Oh, same. Like <laughs> yeah. all the silhouettes look the same. Yeah. Like, just... Is this Garna? Is the Seraphine? Who knows? I like every time I watch them, I'm just like I have to like. I don't even look at the the person anymore. I have to read the name to remember which champion the person's mm-hmm. on. I have to be like, oh, that's Hillisang. Therefore, he's the fucking Pike or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. It's like the the Manta skin lines is just so confusing to look at it's so hard in team fights as well because it doesn't say the player name anymore it says like stunned Stunned or or canalization if it's like in (laughs) french some reason i i know the french word for channeling and it's canalization you know it do you i think yeah i I see it all the time when i'm watching the nfl stream say any word that's the thing yeah but i'm just like which player is this and then they're stunned in the middle of the fight and i'm like i i can't tell who that is so i have to look at the sidebar to see whose health is falling yeah so then i can work out who's being caught out in the fight i forgot i'm gonna actually send a message about this because i forgot to send a message about this but they changed the hierarchy in the kill feed i don't know what patch they did it but if Baron got taken last year, it always showed up. It interrupted everything oh, else. Oh yeah, to show no, because you got Baron. trolled by that. Yes, because uh, I got who, trolled. Who was it? This someone year, killed someone, and year, then the smite still. Yeah, yeah, they're sequenced, and there's a slight delay between each announcement. So when you're staring at Baron and someone dies, you just see boom, that person's face, that color, and you assume someone's yeah. taking the Baron, and it's wrong. And, and you're like, and he's it was this guy. It was executed. It's the only way to fucking tell in half yeah, a second. It was really funny though. Who has the? Because then you had to come down, and you're come, you're recovery was really. Like, oh, he, ah, they didn't oh, get the kill. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll take that one on the chin. That one, you know, my bad. I, I, but I happens, will say, happens to all I of will us. Say I got grief officially. Yeah, you got hard grief. <laughs> my, my my biggest pet peeve on this stuff is uh, Renata and Nami on skins. Their ultimate is the same fucking ability. There is, oh yeah, there is no difference when when the tidal wave is coming and when the hostile takeover is coming. If they're both in the game. I give up. I just I I genuinely feel sorry for you as play by plays this patch because I feel like it's fucking bedlam in team fights and like mm-hmm. none of the skins are easy to watch. Like you don't know who the fuck's doing what, but it's like you've got a Cali coming in this way and a Blanc coming over this wall. There's Gala a Cassante who shot someone over the fucking way, <laughs> and then there's like two different mass waves just meeting in the middle, and you're like. Yeah, that's why you, you don't say what's happening. You just go, and this guy, oh, this team is on the front foot. Now they're on the back. Oh, <laughs> they lost the man. One for <laughs> they one. have no feet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's pure chaos. And like, oh, I was yes. having this chat like with a few of the lads during like reviews and stuff. I'm just like, I'm struggling to figure out what I'm supposed to keep track of because it's like, I see a LeBlanc and I'm like, okay, cool. She's going to go in and do something. And then I'm like, focused on her. She doesn't do anything. And then I'm like, AD carry has been slain and you're like wait what the fuck just happened? Cassante just like, 1v1's wait, the AD yeah, carry yeah. or something oh excellent um oh. do you think they'll add universes beyond to League of Legends like Fortnite oh you like know? a Magic the Gap I like a Keanu Reeves <laughs> well who would Keanu Reeves be like Keanu Reeves Lucian, <laughs> Lucian? yeah I'd feel so that would be so weird I feel like you go Blade first before you go 
Oh, true. John yeah. Wick. True. Or we could get um as a footballer Edgar Davids. He looks a bit like Lucian, right? We should definitely get him for skin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, I'm just gonna go like this because I have no idea who the fuck you're talking about right now. Oh, so um there was a there was a strike Lucian skin and Edgar oh, Davids it, sued Riot yeah, Games. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Did he win that uh, lawsuit? I have no idea. I think he got paid off a little he got bit. Paid, yeah. right? I, I I believe so. I don't actually know the intricacies of that. Please don't fire me, Papa Vito. But I think he got paid. Yeah. Have you guys it's seen a, the fucking real Seraphine this. skin that looks exactly like base LeBlanc? You know, uh, no, I mean I probably have. I, fucking what's it called? I think it's graceful. I don't play. I don't have any Seraphine skins because, you know, I think I'm gonna link it here. So this skin, which I'll just send it in the chat. So obviously, if you can't look at it right now. Oh and yeah, 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 yeah. Just like LeBlanc, and you view her from an above perspective, where if she's not moving, she looks actually identical to LeBlanc, and it's oh, the same yeah. fucking gold and black color palette as base LeBlanc. And it doesn't matter because the champions are so different that like it, and they rarely played in the same game. But it, that is the one that upsets me every time I see it. I'm like, wow, it's, like, it's this the is LeBlanc. Thing. The head thing. It's is, the head thing because it's yeah. the same as the LeBlanc fucking whatever the hell LeBlanc is going on. Yeah. With her head, I wish I knew the thing. name of this skin to to say it to chat, but he's right. He's right, guys. Trust us. Sorry, it is Graceful Phoenix Seraphine, and it is the. It might be the base, or it might be one of the chromas. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just way, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, on the topic, though, of uh, very very graceful segue here. On the topic of casting, difficult to cast skins and stuff. Uh, what what are your guys uh, like views of play by play these days? Right, because I feel like at least personally my view of like how to cast and and how to prep for casting how to like improve at casting has changed pretty dramatically over the last like five years i wonder what your guys thoughts are or if you have like any particular like inspirations you look up to if there's anyone in the industry or like classic commentators i know medic you're a big fan of classic sports um i wondered if like what your takes are on like modern shout casting as or i guess modern commentary as opposed to shout casting 10 years ago you know because it, it's changed a lot shout casting I... 10 years ago was bad compared yes. to compared to modern shout casting it was really bad they were good for their time but compared to what we do now like the the intricacies of play by play now is so much greater than they were in those days and that's no offense to like joe miller d-man right they were great casters but i just it's a very different uh skill set that you have to have now it's the same as the gameplay right yeah. gameplay has improved like basic everything's just evolved low tier gameplay these days is a lot better than the best that was in season three you know yeah yeah i think that as the game has evolved too like and certainly like i think a lot of us have just had definitely for me and medic just had a lot of time to figure out what it is that we want to be doing very clearly which i think is a luxury of us working on the same game and in a single game and mostly a single league right outside of international events for so long and i do think that like as i've done it more i've gotten away from what you would call like the core craft of traditional sports play-by-play -play, which is much more like on screen and almost limited right because i think in um i wouldn't i won't speak for football commentary because i didn't really grow up watching football right but for like american football and for basketball like your play-by-play -play doesn't say a lot and a lot of what is happening is your color like your color talks all the time if anyone is speaking right and a lot of times there's also a lot more silence which doesn't happen in league of legends because there's so much going on that is significant at all times um yay they get one ball we have like effect effectively 10 balls at any given time yay <laughs> um but i'll say like traditional play-by-play on-screen stuff i've just like valued less and less over time because i just kind of trust that this late in the game's life cycle that the average viewer kind of Gets can it. see what is happening i don't know if that's right 
but to me i've just adjusted because i just i like to talk about the things that are like one level below that which i guess you would call like really basic color casting and then trust that my color can go deeper because i just don't actually think like if someone just goes now they're pushing mid which like you do need to do sometimes like you kind of reset you you start a new topic of conversation right but like if that's all the play-by-play says when they speak and then they shout during the fight, I actually find that really uninteresting. Like, I really like conversational dynamics. I like when people talk about what is happening in the game and they're really bouncing. And that's, like, a hard thing to achieve depending on how well you work with your partners. But to me, in order to make that happen, you can't just be like, look, that's Frogman. And he goes, yes, that is Frogman. Good catch, play-by-play. Frogman <laughs> does this. You know, like, you need to be able to go one level deeper. Like, oh, I really like that they're itemizing this. And it's like, yeah, this is a cool adaptation. We saw this, blah, 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 right? If, like, all I ever say is man go here like it's kind of hard to actually have a, a deeper conversation right so i think like on screen play by play the biggest thing that i've done over the years is like i really deprioritize that you know and for better or for worse i think it's a stylistic thing just because i want to have a conversation that i'm interested in and maybe yeah. that's selfish but like i trust my judgment at this point in my career to say like this is actually like the, the most interesting thing happening in the game right and it's a limited perspective because i don't know everything about league of legends but yeah man go here it's not my it's not my vibe. Yeah, I, I very much agree with that. I think e each of the play by plays at like the top tier, you'll see them have a slightly different focus in what they want to do. Um, I'm relatively analytical in what I want to provide, so I'm always looking for like that little tidbit that can set my color off. It's very similar to Dracos. But also like in terms of the actual play by play, most of my focus is on what good descriptive one sentence can i put into this team fight that like adds a lot whereas in the past i would have been focused very much on how do i cut out all my crutch words how do i make every sentence sound really good how do i properly portray the team fight whereas oh, i still worry about the kind of being i mean yeah we all we all worry about <laughs> them but it's much less focused. yeah i know you looked at me no that's fine that's my like that's my kryptonite they just change the very slowly over time um but yeah i think if you look at each of the play-by-plays, -play like Dracos, I think is incredibly good conversationally and knows how to like drive a discussion. I think if you look at Flowers, his high moments are just amazing, and I'm sure that's what he focuses on most of the time. If you look at Hysterics, you know you're in for a bit of a wild, wild ride, but you know it'll be fun, right? Um, so all like the top, and that like obviously I'm just picking three names. I'm not saying these are the only top yeah, play-by-plays yeah, yeah, in the yeah, world. I just want to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all the like top play-by-plays will have a slightly different focus in what they want to do because we all have the the fundamentals down, and I think it does actually help drive play-by-play -play casting into a very interesting sort of um, position because it used to just be, can you do your check-ins and can you cast team fights? Like, no. uh, and Which now it's important a lot. Oh, hundred percent. But sure. we're also good at those fundamentals. Like that's seventy-five percent of it, and now we're all finding out what our twenty-five percent is that we want to add on to the top that really makes us like unique i would say that's the biggest universal thing for me is i just think that at a certain point you're gonna once you're kind of aware of what the perceived fundamentals of casting are and i'm sure it's different depending on like what company you're working for who you're working with who you're working alongside but i think everyone hits a ceiling kind of a little bit into your career where development becomes much less you're like objectively bad at this thing to like hey, this is what you do and that's okay, but is that like actually what you want to be doing? And it becomes much more of a creative expression of like what you value in a game. Also, what you're, what, who's producing the show values too, right? Because it's at the end of the day, we are like, it is yeah. a service job, right? Um, and I think that's the biggest thing for me that's always interesting. Like that's where like you really become a caster. I think anyone when you're starting, you're bad for one of a hundred different reasons. 
And then eventually you get to the same kind of vanilla ice cream state, more or less, that most people like strive to be. That's just kind of like, it's solid, you know, it's, it's inoffensive. And then you kind of need to work, almost work backwards yeah. in a weird way to like bring back in the personality that you started yeah. with now that you actually know what you need to be doing to get back to this like authentic tone and voice. I, I think one of the hardest things there is breaking the habits that you built along the way as well. Like mm -hmm. it, it's a very habitual thing. Casting It's really easy to go into autopilot, especially in a long, boring game, like getting out of those habits and, and, and consciously casting instead of autopilot casting, at least for me has always been one of the harder things to consistently do, especially on a busier schedule when you've got games coming every other day. It, I always found that that was one of the like I always found if I'm if I'm tired when I'm casting I like regress two steps in how good yeah. casting I am because I just mm -hmm. fall back on fundamentals instead of like actually pushing and and driving to to do something better um, and especially when it comes to like uh, when you're casting crazy crazy team fights that you've got people diving the backline on both sides and you've essentially got three small team fights happening simultaneously. If I'm falling back on fundamentals at that point, it's a hundred percent of the time going to be a disaster. Uh, I yeah. find like at that point you got to like refocus in and and like follow a specific player, even if it ends up being the wrong one in the end. But like, do you got to do? I always try and like do something active just to get myself out of the rut and like get myself back into casting again. It's also I a bad habit you develop in trying to fix the other bad habit you had. <laughs> Where it's yeah. like, so say I wanted to get better at my sentence structure. So think out the whole sentence before I actually say it. And then it'll come across really smooth and it'll be way better. But then I stopped looking at the game because I was like in my head going, okay, this is the way I want to structure this sentence. And then something would happen in game and I would just miss it because I was like not focused on the game. And suddenly my play-by-play -play is jumping in to be like, shut the fuck up. I'm talking. Now. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoops. So I definitely yeah. think there's like several steps to like, oh shit, now I got to fix the thing I thought I was fixing. It's just, yeah. I have that a bunch at the moment. I keep trying to like share points that I learn in scrims with my team. I'll be like, oh, they're going to gate now. They're going to do this. Oh, they're looking at tempo cycling. And I'll start talking about it and then look at my, my analysts like, hey, I'm saying something smart. This is smart, right? Please nod at me so I seem smart. And then a fight will start. And so we'll never actually get to talk about this cool point that I wanted to bring up because I've been talking about it so long. I've then That's had to start so play hard. by playing again. Yeah. You work for that point and then you have to shut up and start doing your mm -hmm. normal job. It's like, like, ah, damn it. Try to sound smart. Guys, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. The it doesn't worst... fuck this fight. I'm going to come in 10 seconds late. I need to finish this fucking point. <laughs> the worst thing yeah. is when... The fight starts kicking off and it looks really significant. You break off your point, you start play by playing, and then everyone just fucks off. And yeah. it's silence for 30 like, seconds. Uh, it's like, do I do I go back uh, to the point? Do I like just brute force maybe. it at this point? Or do I do I give up? It's I yeah. I think that both Medic and I are pretty fortunate that we we came up in a time where um kind of the hiring structure was different. So we had a bit more job security. Um because I think that like one of the most difficult balancing acts that I see people handle is like you're going to be fucking bad, right? But like knowing that your employer is going to give you the grace to be bad is a really tricky thing and it's really hard to know. And it puts you in this weird position where it feels like you have to show up or from talking to people, it feels like they have to show up and give 100% every day. But that's not actually how you grow. Yeah. Like when I'm working on something, I absolutely go into a cast and it won't be a big best of five. It won't be like a headline cast, right? It'll be like a random one game, right? Or two games um, where I'm like, okay, I'm working on cutting out crutch words today or i'm working on doing the specific things in a fight and as a result of like working on that because this is a space like it is obviously it's a space to perform i don't want to do a bad job but you need space to like make mistakes 
right? Um, like that cast isn't going to be the best version. I'm not going to cast every cast like it's a world finals or like it's a huge best of five because I need the space, one, to like, one, you have to adjust how you're treating a game, right? If you cast week one, day one, like a finals, that's another classic caster fuck up, right? As you come in at a 10 for fucking week one day one yeah, first blood week one day one it's like ah i like like faker just fucking one worlds for the 13th time you know what i mean um but like it's hard you need that space to be shit to be honest with you and you need that space to like grow and you need that space to make mistakes and figure out what does and doesn't work for you i think that experimentation is really important but it's like hard to convince people to do that and support people in doing that when a lot of the times i think the casting um like community feels sometimes super cutthroat not because people are deliberately like cutthroat but because it is you are competing with the same people who probably will also be trying to help you grow on top of that as well the community is extremely quick to especially if you're newer to the scene they are extremely quick to cut someone down like someone has a experimental cast that's like newer to the scene and it is uh it can be disastrous uh for their reputation and that kind of stuff doesn't seem to go away once people have have, have made a decision it does seem to to haunt people so yeah. i'm curious i mean i still get i get people commenting on a cast i did with spawn for like 2018 2019 worlds it was a planes cast and people tier. still tell me you, no oh no that was with rusty the double tier was 2018 msi but people were like i did this cast with spawn and he's australian right? and we just had good bands who we were good friends and so he mentioned, like, oh, if Cinder hits a Q, she'll do a lot of damage. So I kept being like, oh, she's Mr. Q again, Spawn. Oh, she's Mr. Q. Oh, she, when's she going to do damage? You know, like, in just a bantery way. And now I realize it doesn't come across well on cast. But people still bring it up saying, I hate all my co-casters because I banter. Yeah. It's we, like, Medix never gets so along with his not, co-caster. He just yeah, hates that, everyone. Which, uh, you heard it here first. He does hate everybody. But <laughs> it's that's true. Not, that's not the it's evidence. True. That's why he I didn't propose to Betty. That was one of the first things uh, me and Lyric got as well. When we first started casting, me and Lyric got on really, really well. And we both have a very dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And apparently on broadcast, that just did not come across at all. And uh, like the top Reddit comment on one of our games was, did Lyric and Munch hate each other? Like what did what did one of them do to the other? What What oh, is the man, history here? People do not like sarcasm. Yeah. It doesn't it's like, so it's not hard. a yeah. general type of humor. Yeah. Well, and it's just, if, Grab a bit. if sarcasm is really hard without like really deliberate intonation and without being able to uh, see someone's face and also if you're a non-native english speaker sarcasm is actually impossible yeah as far as i can tell like unless you like really have grown up and been in an english-speaking country for a long time like it's so hard it's like such a subtle language thing that it's just a lot of that shit will fall flat the other classic caster fuck up i love is muting yourself when you're laughing I don't know if you've ever done this, but I was told like I was told once that you like don't do anything disruptive on cast, and so like oh, I had this bad habit for like t- a year and a half when I first started starting, where someone would say a joke and I'd laugh, but because it was like an inappropriate joke and probably shouldn't have been said on broadcast, right? And I mute myself to laugh, but then they, I just looks like I'm shutting yeah, it just this feels person awkward, down. Yeah, yeah. And they're like this guy. Wow, Drakeless is an asshole. He's just like not laughing at this guy's joke, or like oh my god, like or worse yet, it's like people are like, wow, your co-caster is not funny at all. And I'm sitting there fucking dying, but I'm afraid to laugh on air, so I'm just oh, holding down my. I was gonna say I'd be button. fucked. I could not get away from not giggling on cast. Like, I don't have a choice. It just happens. Yeah, I got feedback once actually that I I laughed too much on cast, uh, but not at the right time. Like I have this habit of, <laughs> I'll think about something that I want to say, 
And to me, I'm the funniest guy in the room. I don't know what it is. I always find my own jokes really funny. It's really cringe, but at the same time, it's like, uh, Rob will say something on a cast and I'll be like, I've got the perfect follow-up. I can't wait for it to stop talking. And I'll like giggle to myself. Mm -hmm. Rob's mm -hmm. not said anything funny. So I'm just laughing. <laughs> like like a crazy person. Just like, just like giggling, giggling away to myself on the cast, waiting to speak so I can say this dumb joke. It's not even funny in the first place. There's also so many inside jokes. It's and my funny. favorite thing it's is funny to do... Much. Don't let people tell you it's not funny much. <laughs> it's not hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. Believe in I yourself. appreciate that. <laughs> I do. Um, Don't worry. I find it funny. That's all that matters. There's so many fucking inside jokes that just accrue as you work with people more and more that make no sense to anyone on fucking air. Yeah. And they're so easy to reference and just derail in a cast entirely. <laughs> and you actually cannot explain them on air. Like, no. they're not horrible, you know what I mean? But they're just clearly not, like, broadcast appropriate. Yeah. But they're so easy to reference subtly. I, I don't know what it was. There was a moment in the final... Uh-oh. Oh, did your uh, internet die? Oh, did my I'm internet back. die? Oh, we're back. I don't know if it was Discord. Was it Discord? Might have been Discord. The stream oh. is still totally fine. I wasn't sure if I disconnected because okay. all of you went, but... Okay, yeah, all of you went for me as well. Yeah, it's probably just Discord. Discord. It must be Discord. Yeah. TLDR, I started laughing hysterically during picks and bans because of some fucking stupid-ass <laughs> comment that either I had made or Rob had made that was a reference to a really bad, inappropriate joke that should not be said on air. <laughs> and I just remember just, I had like I was just laughing. And like there's just, people were just making serious points, talking yeah. normally, because me and Rob had this eye contact moment and I'm just fucking dying. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's a final that's, mute. Like, that's the worst part as well, when you make yeah. eye contact. And it's like, it's like when you're a kid yeah. at school and you've started giggling oh. and you look at your friend and it's just 10 times worse, except you're on a broadcast in front of thousands of people. And well, suddenly you can't, you can't even fucking... Oh, I don't it's know. like eye is locked on the screen. You're like, don't look at the fucker. And he's losing his <laughs> mind over the corner. Don't look at it. It's like, shut the fuck up. You're like biting the inside of your lip to just like not smile and laugh on camera. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I still remember, I think it was my favorite moment that happened to me was me, Munch, and Lyric in our first LPL Springcast. And we went on and Munch, we decided to, do you know The Undertaker? Oh, no. The, <laughs> it was The Undertaker. Win. Win. He threw Mankind through a hell of a yeah, yeah. right? No, 1980, whatever, whatever. This this is, it was like at but, the peak of this meme. Like this was on every single Reddit post, you know. Oh my God, everyone's gone again. Oh. All right. Burning oh. internet again. <laughs> I think it's Discord. I'm back. It must be. Yeah, I, I think it might Discord, be Discord. Yeah. Maybe it was all of us. It's no, happened I, to I, all of us, I think, at the same time. Do we yeah, end the call and come back? Everyone else freezes for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we it happens again, maybe back? we do, yeah. Right. Let's anyway, see if we get on. Plus, it was at the peak of the hell in the cell meme. Yeah, and then... Uh, so Munch completely screws us. Like, just... He's in the middle of going off on this rant. And by the way, so this is as... This is our first playoffs. So all of us are nervous as fuck doing it because we're like, oh my God, this is going to be so big. It's going to be huge. But we're like trying to nail this. And Munch completely messes up and just on broadcast goes, I fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Jordan just lose our shit. It is a combination of this is hilarious. We are way too nervous to deal with this. And we cannot control any of these ourselves. 
and nobody can look at each other because we all start off again. So it's just those like locking eyes at the desk. Three of us not even looking at camera. We're looking at the desk to make yeah. sure that we can get through the, 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 the funniest, next three minutes of this broadcast. The funniest part is it wasn't even like hard to do. There was nothing difficult about the thing, but I'd like got so in my own head. It was like the first <laughs> sentence yeah. that I fucked up. That I just like crumpled into ours. Like for fuck's sake, um, dude. Doomed. There was a joke that we always wanted to sneak into cast that we never could uh, about, unsurprisingly, uh, Annie taking the Predator rune, referring to us, oh my god, it's a child Predator. Like, obviously horrible, <laughs> right? The problem is, where that joke was incepted was in a play-by-play practice thing where we were practice casting team fights. <laughs> and a former caster, who shall not be named, uh, was, and this is in the Riot office, and keep in mind, it was like in a site, we were doing it in the auditorium, so there weren't really other people around that much. But it's not a separate the, area. Yeah. It's like a separate area, so it's not super audible. But this person, middle of the fight, Annie is—it's like random fucking solo queue games or clips from wherever—is just screaming in the office in our place of work. It's a child. It's a child predator. <laughs> she cannot be stopped. And like oh, someone hears this and is just opening the door, like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> like, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> and this person just looked and smiled and was like, "Practice." And they're like. And I explained it, it was fine, but it was just... Oh my god. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Oh, I love that. I shit. do wish we could get, like, like, Home Story Cup, where it is, yeah. like, an unofficial oh, podcast. Yes, I have pitched I just, Home you Story actually Cup get so many times that we wanted to. Yeah. I just want... So good. Like, do Team Captain. I just think like... I'd be fired. Like... If I said like ninety percent wow. of the stuff that goes through my head during a cast, I don't think I'd still have a job. All, all of my sense of humor, which I'm not even going to get to what this says about my childhood or upbringing, is like at the expense of others. Like my natural instinct <laughs> is just to roast people, which yeah. doesn't super fly when they're professional players and your whole league is around building them up. So if like we did have Home Story Cup, I, I feel like I'd have like a defamation lawsuit by the end of the weekend. I'd be like, it's just banter, bro. I don't know what to tell you. It'd be jobless. Dude, you'd fit in in the UK, though, I will say, because that is basically the entire sense of humor of the country. Yeah. So it's, it's the entire modus operandi of the UK people. Yeah. Take, yeah. take other people's stuff and insult Bring them. Bring them down. It. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a weird old world casting, isn't it? I, I, I want to ask, like, do you guys have any, uh, like, inspirations? Do you guys have any other casters that you look up to that aren't in League of Legends from other games or from other sports or anything like that? Uh, yeah, there's a guy called uh, Peter Drury who does football commentary. Uh, he did like does it for Sky now, I think, and he he's just incredible. He has in, like amazing one-liners. He said um, uh, Messi is going to touch hands with Paradise after he won the World Cup, and it was it just resonated with me a lot. So I'd highly recommend listening to some of his one-liners if you're trying to be a better play-by-player. It's yeah, yeah. stunning, stunning commentary. I really. I don't like Dota a lot, not because I don't think Dota commentators are good. I do think that they're very good. It's just it's too similar to League in a lot of the decisions that they make, so it's not like an interesting exploratory exercise. But I do really like CS. Yeah, CS commentary is exceptional at the highest mm -hmm. level, and I think there's something about the pacing of the game that lets them do things that are much harder to pull off in League, but not impossible. Like, uh, I think Henry G is still probably my favorite CS caster. Um, his duo with Sadikus back in the day was incredible. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, both of them have had their controversies. Um, and then also, I think that 
Launders and Scrawny are also really good. And I think that the, the really, really thing that I love about CS is that, like, the way that the game is structured, because it doesn't snowball like League snowballs, it gives... You can watch, like, a series of CS and get a really good impression of who someone is as a caster, because they're going to kind of hit every possible, more or less moment that you could hit like you're gonna see because every round is its own little story whereas like if i want to get to know a lead caster really truly i i can't watch one series i need to watch like 10 15 games mm. um to really understand what they're about where their strengths where their weaknesses are you know what they're really doing what they're really trying to accomplish whereas i feel like you can watch one best of three best of five in cs and be like i get it i get who you are i get what you do i get what you're like your mo is and i really appreciate that about cs and i mostly like watch cs because i just i think that like the way that they cast is different the game is different and it offers a unique perspective on how to approach things especially narrative because i think narratively it's just a very different game yeah i think my favorite uh cs caster is is probably machine i feel like he does such a good job of like obviously he's he's an incredible play-by-play -play in general but i feel like he does an incredibly good job of facilitating more narrative than some of the other cs commentators do and you know he came from league a long time ago at least uk scene league like we're talking way way back but like and i feel like he kind of lent into that narrative based commentary that was the meta for league 10 years ago um but i also think that his his lines in the chaos are always fantastic when there's like an absolute peak moment machines lines are fucking like there's one um I can't remember what player it was, but he says like, "Play a name, stop blowing my mind," and like that that line is like stuck in my head forever. I fucking love that line. I feel like that's it was such a great moment, and he like absolutely nailed it. And like for me, that that moment is stuck in my head forever. He did some stage hosting as well. And I feel like he always did a very good job of like those big peak hype moments. I feel like he he just nailed it every single time. Yeah. I think Machine and Uber always feel yeah. really genuine with how they they share their lines. It always feels like they're they're actually just feeling the passion in the moment. And I think sometimes it can be hard when you have a line that's semi pre prepared to get that same genuine passion through it. Um, I actually remember I was listening to a it was like a football match in I think it was nineteen ninety eight and. We have to remember that that was when The Undertaker threw mankind off Hell in a Cell. Through an announcer's table. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was thinking, like, holy fuck, he's going back for this. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I can't remember that year. Yeah. But I, think I will say, this is one of the things that I, and I just in general, I think that I love League as a esport at like the highest highest level but i think one thing that league really suffers from at lower levels that i think that isn't necessarily as big of the case for cs is like because league snowballs it's you're you don't get these it's hard to guarantee that you get these truly close and good moments yeah. you know yeah. genuine like, peaks yeah. genuine peaks and troughs and moments of actual parody and i think so many of what the average sports fan would consider traditional sports narratives don't fit well into league because your performance is tangible because there's this like because aim exists in cs essentially right in a way that it doesn't really as much exist in league of legends like there's always that same thing there's always something performance and execution related to tie back to but i think the thing that makes me sad about league is it's like if you're casting a lower tier game and the enemy zed is six zero you can't if you're selling the product to people who actually play league you can't sell that as like a great true expression of skill the expression of skill happened the first five kills the first two yeah. even and then after that it's like 
sorry, bro, you're just getting mathed on at this point. And then it does make the moments where someone actually outplays the 6-0 Z like that much more impressive. And that's kind of the trade-off. But that shit really only happens at like the highest level of League of Legends or if someone is like objectively griefing, right? And so I'm always, that is one thing I love about Valorant or CS or any of the these kind of games that have a round yeah. system. Those resets are so fucking cool from a narrative perspective. You will always have a buy round where everyone is on paper even, you know, everyone has their utility, et cetera, and that's fucking dope. And it makes me sad sometimes when you have like a like a 3-0 in league that's super one-sided because it's like, yeah. What, what can I say? You, you lost the game in five minutes, ten minutes at the end of each game, 20. being like, "Yep." And then often, like uh, I think we had it a bit with was it MDK versus Fnatic, where there were two games that were like six zero at eight minutes. I think it was like I think it was that series. Yeah, there yeah. Were two it games in the middle, and I'm you're just sitting there for like twenty minutes, being like, "Well, MDK are going to win this game," and then they half they half throw, and it's like, "Oh, maybe they won't win this game," and then they end up winning it anyway. It's like, well, that yeah. wasn't actually that exciting of a game because Mad Lions Coy should have won, and they did win because they had a four K gold lead at eight minutes. So yeah, nice, you know. I do think it's interesting though. From I not like the people that I'm. I don't know if inspire is the right word, but the people I kind of look at a lot are less so commentators from other games, but like story or like audiobooks or like how people present stories on YouTube and stuff like that. Because like the thing that fascinates me is word usage. So why, what is if I say he slinks into the bush versus he slips into the bush versus he dove into the bush? It's like these all tell very different stories, but like he's basically the same action, right? Um. I think when you find people that are really, really good at presenting that, I think that's what is interesting to me. Because I think a lot of what I do is telling the story of how this game is going, whereas you guys kind of get the super high moments. So if I can make the way I present that information to you more interesting with my word mm. usage, I think that's a better look. At least that's the way I, I view what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think looking at how people tell stories or the way they mix up their voices or their their cadence and that kind of stuff. I think that's super, super interesting for me from a color cast perspective. Um, and then there's the obvious one of like, well, go talk to Kajol or people who know the game better than I do and actually talk to them about how the game functions. But it's like, um, I think it's, I'm more interested in how I can present that knowledge. And it's like looking at super interesting, even lectures in colleges and being like, this guy just presents that information really well. Yeah. What is he doing that is grasping, like grabbing me? And how can I then steal that? <laughs> mm. I, I do think there's something you mentioned there as well that is a skill in of itself is like gaining information about the game, about matchups and things like this from players without like just being a nuisance, right? Being able to have those conversations without it just being like, hey, me again, just wanted to ask about the Cassante matchup versus Aatrox. Like, could you just explain this to me entirely? Like, and then a week later, you're back with another matchup, you know, like being able to build those relationships in a mutually beneficial way instead of just being a pest, I think is a, is a skill in of itself. I think you just got to be shameless. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I think that like, I, I think that there's no mutual benefit. <laughs> like, the only the mutual benefit is that I don't shit lessons. on them in the cast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, can I can praise like, you more. This is a winning matchup. What's he doing? Yeah. And then you're like, like no, I mate, can... it's not. Here's why. <laughs> I have a better understanding of who they are as a player. Maybe that lets me help tell their story better. But I don't think most players give a shit about that, right? I, I just think that, like, most of the players that I engage with regularly to talk about that like talking about that kind of stuff, right? And if they're not super responsive to me, I'm just not going to push on them. But there are always pros who like 
you talk to Whippo about League of Legends, Whippo will not stop talking about League of Legends. <laughs> I mean, he's that's, one of those guys. That happened to us in the, remember that we were in the makeup room before we went live for finals and I was talking to Mickey about support picks and literally his manager to drag him out of the room because he just wanted to keep talking yeah, about the support picks some that he of had. his secret yeah. picks. And once you guess them, he's like, I can finally talk about them. And yeah, he, yeah. he didn't want to stop talking. <laughs> oh my God. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting to me, though, how it's like, um, I think there's some different focuses between Colorcaster and Play-by-Play, -play, obviously, but I think it's um, a huge amount that is like the psychology of word usage and stuff is the part that like, I think is kind of across the board with all of us. That's super interesting. I mean, it's yeah, every I, team fight, right? It's, yeah. it's how you present your team fights and, and what you're thinking of and how you make them not sound the same. Because after like five to ten years of casting between all three of all three of the play-by-plays here, right? Like it's it's very easy for every fight to sound similar. And when you listen to your voice back in highlights packages, oh, it's every God, team fight, and you're just like, "Fuck!" I said the same thing again. I said the same thing again. Well, I you don't want to just jump again. in and say "Fiddlesticks Crowstorm" <laughs> every every time, no? <laughs> you should. That was great. That was the, your, uh, your highlight. Alexich on Kazik. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest. That's what the Brazilian casters do a lot of the time, and people fucking love it. So maybe yeah. we should just. I, I, I just don't think we have a romantic more. language. Because Ebai, one of his most famous uh, calls is he shouts like soy robots like six times after T1 get that fight against is EDG. The 10k goal behind Rakan, fake a shot, oh, yeah, finds them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, one of his most famous calls is he just shouts soy robots like five times. And it's an incredible call and it sounds amazing. But I'm thinking if I was the caster in that moment as the English caster and I just shouted, they're robots, they're robots, they're ro like, I'm not sure it comes across the same in English as it does in Spanish. Mm. I don't know. I have a, I'd have a fear of like that. I think that there is a level of like, I won't pretend like I understand the language or the cultural differences there for sure. But I, I have the same inclination that you do that I would like get in trouble if that was my call. Yeah. You know I just I mean? think people would say you haven't done enough with the call. You've just shouted their like their robots or something. But then the sometimes, gala call from um Ashin was actually where he just shouted gala gala that was Ashin, right? That wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah that was hundred percent Ashin, yeah. Right, yeah. who was he casting with? Because someone, the person he was casting with said, it was you. Yeah, because you said Gala. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to remember, you said Gala, and then he said, Gala, 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 Gala. Which maybe sometimes it's fine. Yeah, I think mm, it's about yeah. just finding the right moment for it. Well, you can just like it, lean into it. It's just authenticity to the moment, right? It's why, like, that's like the only thing that matters. Like, people always make jokes about, like, the fining people for swearing or whatever, right? And, like, it, again, I think that the only thing that anyone cares about outside of like legal concerns around ratings or broadcasts, whatever, whatever, which is a rare concern for the occasional F-bomb, right? I don't really think that that matters as much. It's just like, was it authentic? Like if you just say fuck randomly in the middle of a cast, yeah. they're like, that's in bad taste, man. That's like not good. That's just not, you're just not yeah. doing a good job. It's not that the F-bomb is bad. It's just like, yeah. that was just kind of shit. But if like you yeah. say it in a moment where it really makes sense and it really matches the moment of what's happening, maybe it's not the best word, but again, I think authenticity beats like everything yeah, right i, I think agree that's always the most important thing so whichever one of us gets world finals this year's they're fucking robots okay authentically <laughs> add it in somewhere yeah that'll be authentic 
Pre premeditating it nine months in advance is pretty odd. This just isn't going out to the internet or anything, is it? <laughs> just say it in Spanish. We know the it works robots for you. Are in it through mankind yeah, through but if I say soy robots, it makes it, it makes it even worse. These fucking soy boy robots. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Tate on the right here. Good <laughs> oh dear. Well, lads, this has been. An absolute banger episode. Is there any final topics that anyone wants to bring up before we round things out? We have been live for an hour and a half, and that is the kind of uh, that's the default that we are Rob have set for the for the show. Is there any final bits? Question, you want to... Which is what are the lads doing with their time off, and why is medic investing all that time into planning a wedding? Because I have to plan a wedding. <laughs> also, he's not investing all of his time in planning a wedding. He's also getting jacked. And playing Magic the Gathering, which that's true. That's a pretty good three piece. You could have been there, you could have been there. You denied us. I know. Because you've been out getting hickeys on your lip. (laughs) (laughs) Once I figure out why I'm having random allergic reactions to things, I'll let you guys know. Allergic (laughs) reaction. I'd actually be more because I did just wake up, but it's this morning. So I'd be more concerned if someone was just sneaking into my house to give me hickeys on my lip while I'm asleep and then fucking off. Okay, yeah, concerned. Why did you give me a key? What was the key for, Rob? If not, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. <laughs> well, Frank bad. has the other one, so if that's a <laughs> that might be a concern, but yeah. Either way, either way. We'll move on. <laughs> it was Frank's. I'll say it was Frank's shift oh. yesterday. So don't put that on me. That's all I'll say. <laughs> There's a road. You can do some hell divers. You guys want to do some hell divers? That's true. Oh my I can god, hell divers. I could die. It's only hell. Bring freedom and liberty to freedom to and liberty, and democracy. Yeah, because yeah. they are robots. So we have to, you know, I was, bugs, uh, bugs and robots. I've been playing with my little brother, and we've uh, we've discovered the recoilless rifle, where you can have one dude loading while the other guy fires. Charges don't stand a fucking chance. We fucking annihilate oh, thank charges. God. I hate those. Right. It's, it's, it's glorious. Like the liberty that we feel while doing the two-man team is. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah democracy. Consider I, democracy. This is the most welcome the as an American I've ever felt in any podcast when we talk about hell divers. <laughs> <laughs> this is like ninety percent of your history education, by the way. It's just much more horrific because it's people and not other, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, alien yeah. life forms. They're like, you you brought democracy, and it's like, did we? Yeah, that's yeah. what the textbook says. Us, us and the Dutch are kind of experts in that, so like we're we're, yeah, we're not new to not new to the idea. I do love the, the new... idea of a charger just running in to vote. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that actually in Leicester. Or... It's actually, the chargers who are falsely registering when they're not actually citizens of yeah. uh, yes. they're actually that's the why, that's why they're, they're called aliens. Elections. Yeah. And that's where we manage the democracy. That's where the management kicks in. We're getting dangerously close to that really horrific and underwhelming Black Mirror episode about refugees. So I would say Helldivers. Democracy. (laughs) Yeah. Before we get into Black Mirror territory, we'll round out the episode. Dracos, Medic, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both. Dagda, thank you for starting another show with me. Hopefully we are more consistent (laughs) with this one. (laughs) Um, As well theoretically have an episode every single week we'll be back next tuesday we are going to do it an hour earlier next tuesday so it'll be 7 p.m gmt or dst i i never know which time zone we're in in the uk i think it's gmt um you can go to the movies if you want that by the way to cet huh well i mean you just oh cet ah i get it everyone's disconnected anyway so i'll just do the intro 
outro by myself. joke was so bad, it broke Discord. Discord just spared me. Thank you very much for watching, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week and next week on Tuesday. Dre Cosmetic, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.